Hello and welcome back to Influencer Marketing Talks, brought to you by Cure Media. We are the leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands, and as ever, we are bringing you everything you need to know about consumer marketing in the digital age, as well as all things influencer marketing, in right around 15 minutes. I'm Holly Moran, and I am the marketing manager for the UK here at Cure Media, and I am joined in the studio today by Natalie Wills, the global director of marketing for Zalando, a leading online platform for fashion and lifestyle, founded in Berlin and now pretty much dominating the marketplace throughout Europe. So today I am so excited to be joined by Natalie Wills of Zalando fame. How are you today, Natalie? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. We're so excited to learn from your expertise and insights. You're such a huge player in the industry. Yes, well, we have in the last, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, definitely influencer marketing has become Mm. a very important part of our marketing strategy. So very much looking forward to discussing this with you today. Amazing. So why don't we kick off by digging a bit into into the Zalando approach? So could you could you share with us a little bit about how Zalando approaches influence marketing and, and why you've adopted that strategy? Yes, yeah, sure. So I think that obviously our influencer marketing strategy is essentially driven by our company vision, which mm-hmm. is to be the starting point for fashion. And within that, I'd like to point out two things that we're focusing on right now. The first of which is providing fashion inspiration for our customers. Mm. And second of all, being locally relevant across 23 markets. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's two very important points, but we don't just want to be the starting point for fashion shopping, but also fashion inspiration. And that really starts with helping our customers to see themselves in our brand offering. So if you can imagine, we need to be able to, sh- we have um, now 48 active, cu- 48 million active customers on Zalando, and they wow. come from um, many different European countries and uh, many different demographics, um, as well as their body shapes are different. Um, you know, they expect different things. So we really want to make sure that our influencer strategy showcases a real broad set of our customers. Um, And then second of all, as I said, around local relevance, we want to truly partner with people of influence and creators across Europe to amplify and share their take on style and culture in local markets. So we can be much more locally focused, we can be much more locally engaging, etc. by having this approach. So those are really the two building blocks of our influencer approach. And I think they're, you know, kind of the tenets of influence marketing generally, because you can put out any ads, but it's people who speak to people, isn't it? That's how you get that resonance and that relatability. And obviously, for a brand like Zalando, the the sheer breadth of customers you serve, the variety of customers you serve, it would be hard to create one ad that would speak to all of those individuals. But with influencers, you have that spread reflected. Exactly. So as I said above, you know, we have an extremely diverse customer base. And so ensuring we have a similarly diverse influencer community is really a key part of 
that strategy mm-hmm. and um, something that we're really passionate about. And um, we want to keep supporting as new creators come up onto the landscape. Um, we would love them to be part of our community to help shape sort of fashion and trend styles across Europe. For sure. And I think that's something that's super obvious in your social media feed. So to all listeners, absolutely go and have a look at Zalando's social accounts, because I think that's really apparent from the from the work that you guys do. One of the challenges, despite the kind of resonance and the familiarity that we believe influencers breed with audiences, one of the challenges that we're hearing that the world is getting a bit more kind of sceptical of influencers, there's a bit more backlash towards them, you know, influencers not adhering to ad requirements um, or regulatory requirements, people thinking that paid uh, content is completely untrustworthy, which obviously we don't agree with, but I would be curious to learn how you think we can kind of overcome that perception of influencers and the, the image they have. Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things in there Um, My first point I would make is I think that specifically during the past two years, consumers have just become fatigued with this idea of perfect. So I think that people need to realize that influencers are people too, and influencers need to stop showcasing perfect Because, and I think I've seen this in a lot of the creators that we work with, they are showing other aspects of their lives, which is very important because this idea of perfect is turning people off because it's just not within within the grasp of of most people. And also it just makes people feel bad about their lives. And (laughs) so I think this idea of perfect needs to be totally shut down. Yeah, influencers need to start showcasing real. So they need to, and real doesn't only incorporate, you know, the images that they use and showcasing perhaps like when they're having a bad day as well as when they're having a good day, but also having a point of view on social issues is really important Mm -hmm. because specifically now in the last two years, there's been so many important social issues where influencers, you know, have the opportunity to use their voice for good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that influencers start actually doing so in order for consumers to start respecting them and that they are using their, well, not that they don't respect them, but to start respecting them further. And you've seen some incredible um, work um, in, from the influencer community over the last couple of days, obviously, with the tragic situation that's happening um, in Russia and Ukraine. And you've seen a lot of influencers step up and use their platforms for good. And it's been so inspiring to see. And I think that that will really help sort of shift the narrative from influencers just being there to sell me things I don't need to influencers can actually shape the social conversation and be a voice for change and a voice for good. So that's my first build. The second thing, I think it also is um, on the influencer to select brands and partnerships that they want to work with that they can really authentically speak about. Because I think consumers can easily see when something is a paid collaboration and that influencer doesn't necessarily have any real true connection to that brand or partnership. 
So I think it's really important for influencers in order for them to build a following and their following um, a following that trusts them, they need to truly think about the um, collaborations and brand partnerships that they are accepting. Um, so, so that would be my second uh, my second point. And then finally, I think that you know we all have a um, a role to play in diversifying the landscape. So giving creators who um, are from more diverse backgrounds the opportunity to shine. So we are shifting the face of the stereotypical influencer to one that becomes much more diverse, inclusive, and um, one that is more representative of the landscape of the world and the population. So those would be my three builds on that. And I think that that could actively shape how influencer marketing grows um, in the near term. Absolutely. I could not agree more with any of, of any of those points, but I'd love to dig a bit more into that last one, because I really feel if you look back to kind of the dawn of the influencer age, there was a pretty stereotypical look uh, for the influencer. Um, I probably won't go into what that that look was just in case I offend anyone but we all kind of know what that looked like and I definitely am glad to see a shift in that and it feels like we're seeing a much more diverse uh, range and canvas of influencers who are successful in the channel nowadays and whose audiences are responding to what do you think is is driving that change well first of all I agree it's wonderful to see because I think that as brand marketeers, we also have such a wonderful opportunity ahead of us to change this stereotypical face of fashion and beauty. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the driving forces between sort of the, the last couple of years that's driven this change has really been a lot of the social movements. And, um, you know, consumers have been standing up to say more of this. We want to showcase support for minority communities. We want to showcase support for the LGBTQT plus community. Um, we want to showcase support for people loving themselves and self-care. Um, so I think that over the last couple of years specifically, I feel like we have really um, exponentially grown the change because of so many issues that have popped up in our society and people have been forced to address them. Um, and as a result of that, we're starting to see the most amazing creators pop up on the landscape, people that are prepared to share some of the more personal challenges that they've gone through and people that are sharing topics, values-led topics that are important to them. So I just think that customers and consumers now want to see um, these minority communities and their communities represented um, and see themselves in the influencer landscape. So yeah, there's a lot of great things happening and a lot of great change happening. And it's it's really like rewarding to see. It is. It's so encouraging, isn't it? To get to be a part of it as well. Yes, 100%. I do wonder if there is, you know, it's not even I wonder, I've seen it, I've seen it take place where, um, you know, brands have perhaps been accused of um, jumping on bandwagons that there's that that kind of authenticity that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. of brand collaborations that if it doesn't feel true to a brand's narrative or consistent with their narrative that people will accuse them of kind of capitalizing on these um, 
social platforms and messages for their own sake. Is there any advice you can offer to brands to embrace and collaborate with this new age of influencers, but to do so authentically? Yes, I definitely think that obviously, as I said right in the beginning, your influencer marketing strategy needs to really flow quite naturally from what your vision and strategy is as a business. And I think there alone is the answer to being authentic, because I think what looks unauthentic is if your business or practice has absolutely no programs in, in, play, in place to, to support certain communities or initiatives, etc., because then it just feels like you're paying somebody to talk about you. So I think that, you know, I, I feel like um, for us as Zalando, um, our diversity and inclusion strategy is really paramount to our success as a business. Mm-hmm. And um, so everything that we do is backed by company strategy. And we are very clear that we have been, we have got support programs in place for um, a lot of these initiatives. Mm -hmm. And hence why we feel like we can actively speak about these things and have collaborations with creators because we are moving beyond just an influencer collaboration. It's something that we look at within how we do content marketing, how we do, um, how we approach our brand campaigns. It's really part of our, our DNA. So I would say that that authenticity is really important. But I would also say that a key thing um, is to support creators right from the beginning of their journey. So we've been working with some creators um, when they had you know, pretty much no following. And now they've become quite prominent voices in certain um, communities. And it's just so much um, easier to have a conversation with someone to support your brand if you have shown support to them over the past, however long it it may be. Um, And I think that this is true for Zalando because we've been actively supporting many creators for quite some time. And as a result, we have long-term relationships with many of them, and um, they actively reach out to us to ask to be briefed on things. So I just think that um, support goes a long way. For sure. And also, how much easier is it uh, from your perspective for your job when you've invested in these influences and nurtured those relationships, rather than just having to do cold outreach every second week or something when you need a new ad campaign launched? Exactly. So speaking more more generally, are there any other kind of challenges that brands should be aware of when you're working with influencers or any, any challenges you and Zalando have faced directly? Yeah, I would say um, a couple of challenges that I think, um, you know, you need to sort of just be aware of mm-hmm. is I think that there are so many platforms that you can work on. And I think one of the key challenges that we've been looking at at the moment is to try and diversify the influences that we have on specific channels. So look beyond Instagram, look to TikTok, look to Twitch and to YouTube, etc. Because there are, I would say this is more of an opportunity than a challenge, but hmm. there's just such great diverse content creators on these different platforms. And I would say really embracing that is going to be very important. Um, I'd also say that um, one of the things that we really want to work with is making sure that 
um, the creators actually love working with us. So I think probably an opportunity once again to brands is just to make sure that if they are working with a creator, um, they really think about the partnership as a partnership and not just a paid collaboration. Because I do think that if a creator loves working with you, you will have such an easy experience the next time. Um, and they'll probably do go above and beyond um, their contractual obligations purely because they've had such an enjoyable experience. And, um, yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously there's many other smaller things from a business perspective, oh, i.e. contracting budgets, et cetera. But I'd say those are two bigger opportunities, I think, that um, that I'd like to mention in terms of great things brands can do in order to leverage their creator community. For sure. And I love that that second point, because I, I think as well, it's not just a benefit to the brand and the influencer. I think audiences know, audiences know when there's no real relationship between an influencer and a brand. And it, the content is always so much more powerful when you get that genuine relationship, when you can feel that in their posts. So that's amazing to hear that you guys are working that way. Yep. Yep. And it's definitely not going to stop. We love working that way. Amazing. Great news. <laughs> so one one key question and something that you actually didn't mention as a challenge, but that we hear a lot um, when we speak to brands is an uncertainty around whether or not influence marketing drives results. Full stop. You know, mm-hmm. people obviously marketing budgets are nearly always overstretched. They're always tight. People have to make sure they're going to see some kind of return in whatever KPIs they're looking for from a channel investment. So I guess basic question for you, although quite hard to answer, I imagine, does influence marketing drive results in your opinion? So I would say 100% yes. I think that my view on that would be, I think sometimes the influencer marketing channel is sort of set to deliver so many things. And I think what I would say is make sure you're going back to the objective. So what objective are you trying to reach with this influencer marketing activity? Because you would have different KPIs and therefore different results based Mm -hmm. on that objective. So, you know, if you are looking for great inspiring content for your own premises, then you're probably not going to look be looking at traffic driving KPIs because you're going to be going for creators who have, you know, a great eye for content creation, etc. If you're looking um, for conversion, you might decide on a more affiliate model, for example. Yes. So I just think it really is important to go back to the objective. So if I go back to sort of our strategy where, um, you know, we have a program, for example, we've got a great program called the Style Creator Program, which mm. where we partner with people of influence and creators to create inspiring fashion collections and content for our app and web. And that is the objective. And obviously there um, are KPIs regarding traffic from social, etc. but those aren't the main KPIs. Yeah. We want the creators to create beautiful, inspiring content to showcase our assortment. So I think it really goes back to determining what your objective is before um, you can answer does it drive results because it's not, there's no, um, you know, one answer, one size fits all for everything. I think creators have now become such a big part of multiple aspects of a marketing strategy. So it's very important to determine 
exactly what you're trying to do with that specific program. Absolutely. It's it's kind of the, we use it as the starting point in every um, campaign or, or long-term collaboration that we run with the brands we partner with, because A, if you don't understand what you're trying to achieve, how will you know what success looks like? Exactly. And B, if you don't know what you're trying to, like you say, there's there's so many applications for influencers nowadays that you could be employing completely different tactics that don't align with your objective at all, but you don't know what your objective is in the first place. So I think that's, that underpins, that's such an integral element to success in this channel to me personally. Yep, totally agree. And then I do think there are, obviously, we live in a very digital world. There are so many digital measurements and metrics, etc., that exist. And I think one of the other things is not to get too overwhelmed by all the things that you can measure and really have, you know, one or two, maximum three KPIs that you're going to, like, measure over campaign to campaign to campaign versus bringing in a multiple of different uh, KPIs. Because I sometimes find we have so much information and it doesn't necessarily drive more clarity. Um, Being very selective on the KPIs that that you are going to measure and be consistent with those so that you can build benchmarks over time. Such great advice. So good. I hope everyone's listening really closely to this. So in terms of what, you know, what the channel looks like right now, what we're seeing um, in the marketplace, are there any kind of favorite campaigns or activations that you're seeing or even that Zalando is is running that kind of encompasses this new age of influence marketing that we spoke about? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'll probably use two different examples from Zalando. So As I say, going back to the objective of the campaign, so we ran a campaign um, last summer called Here to Stay, which was a um, a 360-degree marketing campaign with TV, out-of-home, et cetera, and influencer marketing played a very important part. Mm -hmm. The influencers featured in the campaign, um, but also we asked them to create content showcasing the values that they really stand up for. Um, as I said, the campaign was called Here to Stay. So we wanted to showcase at the end of, well, not the end, but really since all of these social movements have taken place, what are the values that our community think are here to stay? And um, it was just really uplifting because we worked with such a diverse range of creators and we saw some incredibly like moving posts um, from all all sorts of topics such as, um, you know, support for minority communities, support for personal growth and um, being transparent about um, personal things that people are going through, Um, self-care, self-love, being passionate about sustainability and making the right choices. So I think that it was just a really powerful campaign to show that influencer marketing and creators, they would love a creative brief, something to showcase a different side of them that doesn't necessarily have to be um, have a shopping aspect. So yeah. I'd say that that's one that I I love because I also feel like myself as a marketeer, I have a great responsibility to drive change in the space so that social media can be used for good and that it doesn't feel like a place where people feel bad about themselves because they're absorbing all this perfect content, right? So I think that that's why I love this campaign so much. Um, And then I would say probably another um, 
area that I've seen, it's more of an always-on campaign initiative that we do. I'm super passionate about TikTok. I love the platform. <laughs> and um, one of the um, the areas of creators that we're using is all around customization. And um, the content does so well on TikTok. So, for example, taking like a very plain white T-shirt and making it into a tie-dye or taking a pair of Nike Air Force Ones and, you know, customizing it in certain colors that you that you like. Um, so really this influencer marketing, just giving them a bit giving them a brief that is more creative. Yeah. We've seen some incredible results and our community really responds and loves that content. So it feels really native to the channel and inspiring and uplifting. Um, so those are just two examples I can think of off the top of my head. I love those. And I think with that, with the second example, um, it's kind of a perfect case study of what can happen when you build trust, when you build that relationship with influencers, because we know content resonates more when, you know, it's not a copy and paste uh, caption, when there's something of the of the creator's identity in it. But that relies on a brand feeling comfortable with giving that bandwidth to the creator to be that bit more flexible and that more, bit more creative. So it's wonderful to see when brands are practicing that and the benefits that come of it. Yep, 100% agree. And you see brands being more and more brave. I think that the influencer marketing landscape was quite unknown a few years ago, whereas now I think you know, brands are you know, realizing that these people are just incredible at creating content. And um, so, you know, giving a very rigid brief is just not going to get the best result out of them. You know, they they need to be creative. They know their community better than anyone else. Um, they've been doing it by themselves for a while. So, you know, I think that brands need to sort of just relinquish a bit of control and let the creators do the magic. And you often find that you'll get much better results um, because it feels authentic um, and it feels right for the platform. 100%. Um, so I do have two more questions. I know we, we run out of time. I won't take too much more of your time up. But one last question on the subject of diversity, and it is quite a hard, I think, but important question and thing for brands and agencies and even influencers to enter into a discussion over. Um, and that is the fact that fair pay uh, is obviously a huge talking point within influence marketing and maybe there's a reckoning or we have to all discuss it, the fact that we're not sure equality standards are always being met for smaller and diverse influencers. I wondered if you had any thoughts on that. Yes, I do think it is hard because mm -hmm. I don't think there is sort of an industry-wide guideline on pay. So I think that this is hard. And I think that for brands, it's just really about being transparent. So we're quite passionate about this as well. So, you know, same, we would advise on sort of same pay for same deliverables. And then we would give, um, obviously, additional revenue based on CPMs. So, you know, we would always start from a position of um, equal pay. And I think for the smaller influencers, we do have um, programs in place where for the same deliverables, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from, which country, etc. even if influencer marketing is paid worse in your country than others, 
the contract is the same. So everybody gets the same. I think it becomes more tricky when you have more of the macro creators because they often have their own prices that they charge for things. And so I just truly think uh, from my perspective, um, this is my personal perspective, that it's important for brands to give um, not the typical influencers but other influencers a chance to work with them because that will help them deliver a rapport with other brands because they can showcase, look, I've done this great work for X brand, etc. And I think giving people the opportunity is how we're going to really drive transparency and change in the industry. Um, but I do think that um, that it is a difficult topic because a lot of influencer, you know, payments, et cetera, are just not known. Yeah. There's not really any transparency in that area. But it is something that we're actively trying to change. It's just going to take a bit of time. That's great to hear, though. I love the idea of increasing that and, and yeah, supporting the influencers who aren't maybe otherwise being recognized for their work in the channel. So I have one last question before you go, um, and that is, it's a biggie, so I do apologize for ending on this. I'd love to, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I would love to hear what your predictions are for influence marketing for the rest of 2022 and, you know, way beyond that. Wow. Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> um, so as I said, I love TikTok. So I would say my number one uh, trend will be TikTok ain't slowing down. So <laughs> it would be, you know, start working with with creators on TikTok because I definitely think that if anything, the last year and a half has seen is that this platform has literally introduced the world to some incredible creators. It's mm. super entertaining. Consumers love it. Um, I, I just think that TikTok is an area that I think that we'll continue to see growing. Um, I would say another big um, trend that I think that we'll start, that we'll continue to see would be creators actually being values led and standing up for topics that they believe in. So when they see a social injustice, they would talk about it, obviously, if it resonates um, with what they believe in. But I think this idea of having more values led um, creators will mm continue to happen because I think people want to see influencers and creators have a point of view absolutely um I think from a brand perspective I think I mean we'll see people having longer term relationships with brands because I think that this idea of just paying somebody to post for one paid partnership is a quite short-term approach. And as we've discussed, I think customers and consumers can see through this approach. So I think this idea of building long-term relationships with creators is going to be key for brands. Um, and then finally, a trend that um, I think is, is going to be interesting to see how it evolves. I have no idea yet, but really is how influencers and creators start to get ready for web three. So things like NFTs, digital fashion, the metaverse, etc. It will be interesting to see how creators start moving into the space. So I'm not sure that that will be a mega trend next year, but I definitely think we'll start seeing some experimentation in that area. And those would be my, my, my four just top of my head predictions. 
No, I think that, yeah, they're, they're so in line with, with what we're expecting to see from the channel. And I think some of them can be a bit scary. I know TikTok is really scary for some brands, but I think that's the real advantage of this channel is you don't have to go it alone. You have the influencers who are experts in the channel. Let them guide you. I would say that you don't have to be perfect on these channels. So um, when my team started to explore with TikTok, Hmm. the people that featured in our TikTok videos were my social media team. So (laughs) I, I feel like we just jumped into the platform and explored the platform. Um, We didn't necessarily know exactly how it worked, but we just played with it and we had fun with it and we started to see, Oh wow, that actually works. That's interesting, et cetera. So it's totally been a learning journey, but one that, you know, we've just decided to jump straight in and um, it's been very beneficial um, because now Zalando is, one of the most followed fashion brands on TikTok with over one and a half million followers. And um, yeah, we've, we've just seen such great results from that platform um, and also been able to connect with so many different creators who we wouldn't have connected with had we had only remained on um, the typical creator platforms. Absolutely. Be brave. Get on that. (laughs) If there's anything that we leave today with, it's be brave. Be brave. (laughs) What a lovely message to end on. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been amazing talking to you. And I know our listeners will be so grateful for your expertise. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. But of course, the content does not end here. If anyone is out there and wants to continue staying up to date with our weekly podcast episodes, all of our hot influence marketing content, as well as what is happening on the consumer marketing scene, then make sure you follow us on all of our platforms. We are at Cure Media. Also, if you want to receive influence marketing insights, all gathered into a neat little bundle straight to your inbox, do subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter. I write it. I think it's pretty good. Give it a subscribe. You can find it on the website, www.curemedia.com or on the link in our bio on Instagram.